coming to you from the Spirit Lounge. I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa, and this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome back to the Spirit Lounge, everyone. Hello. Yes. Another happy hour. Another true happy hour. True happy hour. Friday. We got this. Yes. So how was work today, Lily? Busy, busy? Gosh, busy. I've been busy all week. Really? So I normally work from home. Yeah. And I go into the office really whenever... Whenever you feel like it. Whenever the mood strikes, (laughs) which is like rare. So never. (laughs) But this week I actually had to go in there quite a bit because we had an event going on today. So we had a lot of prep work for it. Ooh. And it was really... So partay in the office. (laughs) I wish it was a party. (laughs) Uh, It's really for the customers and everything. So... A lot of prep work, a lot of going back and forth from office to office. We have like seven different offices. So a lot of moving, moving today. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So busy day, busy yeah. day. So you do have a well-deserved happy hour uh, then. Yes. I'm excited for this. Honestly, I was like looking forward to the drink today. It looks really good, honestly. Like I got the sneak peek of it the other day when you yeah. sent me the picture and right. I was like, oh, I can't wait. I know. It's fun. So, yes. happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. It's Vanessa's birthday today, everyone. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> you can tell I'm excited. It's funny, though. It's because it's like I always say this to people that by the time you get to be a certain age, it's like you don't even remember how old you are anymore. That's what happened to me, actually. Did you? Yesterday. Or did it? Yeah. My husband had to remind me how old I was. And I'm like, what? No. You're like, I lost the whole year. Is that what <laughs> happened like, or what I'm was like, it? I'm like, what? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I honestly couldn't even remember. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Actually, yesterday I celebrated with a very good friend of mine. We went yes. to lunch at one of my favorite places and she gave me some fun gifts. And then today went out with mom yes. and shopped and had coffee so two of my favorite things exciting shopping and coffee so good good mix good mix um and then for dinner my husband brought chinese so Mm -hmm. at my request Mm -hmm. he asked me he's like you know do you want anything special i'm like uh yeah come get me chinese food get me chinese food for real (laughs) no so that was fun so did that before coming over to the studio and things so and then we get to celebrate here. I know with a with a fun drink. We get to cheers. Yes, cheers to my birthday. So your birthday's not over. True. Uh, actually, tomorrow we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Possibly going to the drive-in to see Transformers. Oh, that's exciting! The new Transformers. I love going to that drive-in. I know it's fun. That's exciting. Yeah. So I think we're going to be doing that. That's cool. Yeah. Since I'm the only one that's off, you know, like <laughs> nobody for, else can no do one, anything. No one's around. So. <laughs> Pretty much that's it. So this was a work day today Maybe for everyone. You could have gone antiquing. Really? Got yourself a, a haunted object. Mm, I'll pass on that <laughs> one. <laughs> I could have, and then I could have talked about what what occurs. I, I could have like maybe tricked my husband into doing into something. Into doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so quick update on that. So the last time I talked to him after the fact, after that whole ordeal, (laughs) apparently he hasn't been sleeping well. 
and honestly he hasn't told me anything probably because he didn't want to tell me honestly and he is not attributing it to that but i'm like he says uh, so he says after the fact he found out i mean you know because he heard the episode (laughs) and he's he looked at me like (laughs) did he really side-eyeing me so that's how he found out (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's i got (laughs) side-eyed that's awesome (laughs) so anything else um i wanted to share a funny story okay that happened to me at a store i'm not going to name names (laughs) because i was specifically shopping for the show was this today no this was a few days ago uh went shopping with my daughter and you know one of those things where you tell your kid if you touch anything and you break it we have to buy it you break it you bought it you break it you bought it so anyway i've always told her don't touch you know when we go into a store Mm -hmm. you see with your eyes not with your hands you don't need to be so touchy feely how old's your daughter Uh, mind you she's going into seventh grade now (laughs) so we've gone through this whole thing throughout her life right and she's been pretty good about it up until now (laughs) so (laughs) so we're at the halloween display and i'm at the bottom you know i'm just like trying to paint the picture here so there's the shelf I'm looking at the bottom. So I'm crouched down uh-huh. looking at the bottom shelf. Mm-hmm. She's at the top standing right next to me, mm-hmm. touching the stuff at the top shelf. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling her, I'm like, don't touch. Mm-hmm. You're going to drop something. Breakables. Breakables. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Packs of plates, okay. you know, dishes of that nature. And yeah. then like stem glasses yes. somewhere. And it was all Halloween stuff. <laughs> so it was fun. All of a sudden, <laughs> I feel... I heard a sound, first of all. It was the breaking of the plastic shelf piece <gasps> at the top. And all of these oh, plates. The shelf? Yeah, the, the actual the actual plastic part, like we'll say like it's like a fence. You know how they have little like oh, parts okay. in front of the yeah, yeah. objects and things. Yes. And so to keep them from falling. Right. Well, the she freaking <sighs> broke the little fencing part, the front part. All of a sudden, I'm crouched down still, mind you, still busy looking, minding my own business. And I'm juggling, trying to catch all these plates, okay? Because I don't want them to break. So I'm like, if you can picture me like juggling, trying to catch quickly these plates. Mind you, on my right side, the pile of plates that I couldn't catch was just like dropping on the floor, crashing. It was like a set of plates. Crashed down there. Then some stem stem glasses oh my broke. God! All of a sudden, I hear the lady, the worker, come over. Did anybody get hurt? I'm like, oh my gosh! Mind you, my daughter like disappears. She took off. She took off. As I'm like, are like, you serious right now? Yeah. So it looks like I broke all these things. <laughs> all of a sudden, my daughter comes around from the shelving, and the like, lady. How much did you actually save? I honestly don't even know. Like, I blacked out at this point because I was, like, so embarrassed. I'm like, I can't believe Wait, this were actually there other happened. in the aisle? No, luckily it was just us. Oh. And the lady looks at her. Are you okay? Did anyone get hurt? Are you okay? And my daughter's like, just straight face. Okay. No, I'm okay. And I'm telling the lady, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. And the lady's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, oh, I'm like, really, like, oh, thinking it really is it, though. Gosh. And I thought, okay, what am I going to have to buy? So, like, how much do you think these things were? Uh, I don't. I don't even know. Because before I could even look at the price, all this happened. So she's like, "It's okay. Just leave this stuff there." I have part of, of a a cup, honestly, in my hand. Part of a glass in my hand. I'm like, "Okay." At this point, I'm like, "I'll just leave this here." <laughs> I put it on the 
the ground. I went around the shelf, though. I realized why my daughter left. She went to go put other stuff that she broke on the other side oh, i think no way are you serious <laughs> i think so so we walk away and i go that is it exactly why i tell you don't touch and this and that whatever later on we go to another store she did not touch a thing <laughs> lesson learned i guess i'm like oh my gosh really we went through your whole toddler life without you breaking anything and all of a sudden you hit junior high and this this happens oh my gosh i'm like wow i would have loved to have witnessed though and (laughs) i'm sure i looked crazy trying to juggle all this stuff just took off though yeah i know i know i think she only came back back because she felt bad how much did she break that she went to go like hide more stuff all i saw was at least three glasses that were broken and then there was an entire pack of plates that crashed oh my so i i was too i like literally blacked out i don't even know what happened like all of a sudden this stuff happened i'm like okay i like teleported myself (laughs) to a different area i don't even know did you like leave (laughs) um we walked away like you know if one of those like you're walking away slowly backwards i went into another aisle in the middle and i could hear the workers saying see i told you not to pack it in so tight like that someone else is like i don't even know how this broke and i'm like oh great (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so that was fun well so that's what happened when i was trying to shop for the show wow good times fun times are you going back to that store i will i asked my daughter if she wanted to she was like i don't think i can go back (laughs) i don't think i can show my face there ever again (laughs) i'm like good Good. i hope i hope you learned a lesson hopefully she doesn't touch anything anymore she's always that's it's funny it's hilarious (laughs) yeah well anyway so today's episode though we'll be talking about what some call the most haunted home in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, this is going to be an exciting one. That home is the Boyd House. Woo! Bum, bum, bum. So this is a pretty cool one because... I'm excited for this. I feel like it's... I don't know. Like, I guess we'll get into it. Yeah, but let's get into it's it. An, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, but before we do get into it, though... Let's talk about today's drink feature. So, Vanessa, what do we have today? I know I kind of cheated today because I actually took a sip before we started because I didn't bring my water down and I needed You're something. You're like, oh, darn, I don't have water. Let me taste this. <laughs> no, so we have the peachy tonic. And what you will need is three ounces of mixology peach sour, mint leaves, and gin in a shaker. Shake it all up with your ice. Pour it into your glass. But also add three ounces of tonic water, stir it all together, and then you can top it off with mint leaves. Some might add a cherry, and we actually added peaches to it, and it tastes amazing. Super simple, super easy, so let's get to it. Let's try it. Have your sip while it sips. I'm going to mix up another batch. Nice. Can you hear it? I can hear it. What is that? ASMR? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of ASMR, if you haven't checked out our TikTok video from our campfire, go ahead and look us up. We're on TikTok now. 
This is so good. You like it? It's really good. It's awesome, isn't it? Mm, it's delicious. I think this is one of my favorite drinks so far, like of the past couple of months or not months, weeks. Yeah, this is a fun, like summery drink. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why. Probably. But um, it's fun on it looks great on the pictures. <laughs> what I like is so with the mint Mm -hmm. i like that when you drink it too since you have like some some whole leaves here yeah you can like smell it as you're drinking it yeah yeah and it gives it like something you get all the you get all the hit all the senses if you will yeah there you go Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's perfect rating how many haunted houses this is good how (laughs) many haunted boyd houses (laughs) Mm, gosh i don't want to get carried away (laughs) and say five so okay so this is here we go here we go i was waiting for it okay so it's so freaking good yeah but it's it's, it's funny though because i'm doubting now like how much alcohol you actually put in it because i feel like i don't taste anything that's why it's dangerous like did you actually put a good amount i did did you really it hides it you just said it it hits all your senses it's really good you can easily mask it I feel like you should have brought more of it down because oh, I need more. Don't don't fret. It's right here. <laughs> you brought the whole shaker <laughs> down. Pretty much. With it. I told you I'm mixing oh, up a batch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. There it is. Yum. Yay. Yum. Okay. So when you run out, it's right here. Perfect. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna do a four. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna do a four just because, yeah, I wanted something that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I can chug, but that, that I can take like... <laughs> Let's just be real. I can take That's really good what you swigs mean. of. Freudian slip. <laughs> Let's just say that. So you want to chug something. Yes, this is perfect. Yeah, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this is great for coming home after your big yes. showing or whatever yes. you did. Your big getting mm-hmm. ready for your people party. Mm-hmm. Um, My big event. Exactly. Yes. And now and you just can... like sip it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so chill. hot today yeah this was like perfect right love it yes perfect pick although it couldn't have been that hard you said the boss took you guys out um i am the boss so i took my team out (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) good for you (laughs) such a great boss okay what about you same i mean this is a great drink Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i highly recommend if you're really into fruity drinks love it mm-hmm. and this is smooth like it. it's perfect and it's not like one of those fruities that's like super sweet mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh it's too hot i don't want right. to drink it because it's so hot yeah no, this one's like perfect right so four did we say four yeah fours so fours all around fours all around for the peach what <laughs> will is whacking out did dishes fall on you too i didn't see any peachy tonic peachy tonic <laughs> I guess you did put a good amount of alcohol in there. It's working. <laughs> My plan is working. All right. So now that we have our drink, let's get into chatting about the Boyd House. So to sort of kick things off here, we wanted to play a clip from the Void House documentary um, that I believe you actually found it on uh, on YouTube. Right. And it's by the St. Croix Paranormal Group. 
where they intro the house a little bit. So I think that'd be perfect to kind of just kick off the episode here. Mm -hmm. So let's take a listen to that. On the edge of town, there is a house where the ghost of the dear departed may be watching you. Perhaps you may see a man gardening in the backyard and disappears as he approaches the house. Set your foot inside and you may catch a glimpse of the shadows whispering by or hear the unnerving sounds of footsteps. If you listen closely, you can hear the sound of children laughing, singing, playing, and even the piano will play a note or two from time to time. Why is this house inhabited by disembodied spirits? Could it be the energy from the railroad or from the land long ago? Is the house more prone to connection that a spirit portal has emerged? Or could it be the loving family that once occupied these walls? To try to perceive the intended meaning of the activity at the house, we should first take a look at its past. Welcome to the Haunted Boyd House. Okay, so Jill Shelley, one of the founders of St. Croix Paranormal, who put that documentary together, is actually now the owner of the Boyd House itself. So I thought that was actually really cool, really mm -hmm. interesting. Right. Uh, the documentary is actually a really cool one because it talks a bit about the town. Did you actually watch it? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah, so did I. So when you sent that over to me, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that's that's awesome. Right, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, so the house w was investigated by the paranormal team, St. Mm -hmm. Croix Paranormal, mm -hmm. and a couple of other uh, teams as well were interviewed in that documentary. Right. And it was really great to see all the different types of evps mm -hmm. evidence yeah. that, that they caught here exactly i thought that was just that blew me away right. because it was actually quite a bit it's perfect it's phenomenal so i i watched the documentary mm -hmm. and you know seeing all of these different pieces of evidence mm -hmm. that they caught yeah really kind of intrigued me so i like obviously as we kind of talked about the the documentary here. You sent it to me and you and I have kind of been talking about it a bit here and there. Um, but I actually had heard about the house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say about a year ago or so is when I started oh, noticing okay. um, a lot of the paranormal teams actually mm -hmm. that I follow on social were starting to go here, visit here, and actually conduct investigations. Okay. And so after the first, you know, couple of times mm -hmm. that I saw it, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, there's a lot of people that are going to right. this house. And so, you know, seeing it more and more, I was like, whoa, what, what is this yeah, house? Yeah, what's the big deal about this house? Yeah, and so right. that really caught me, like, right, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that some people call it the most haunted home in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean... To me, that seems to be really fitting. Right. Because the town of Boyd is made up of less than 200 people. Yes, it and, really is. And it sits on land originally inhabited by the indigenous tribes of the Dakota mm -hmm. and the An Anishinaabe. I think that's how you say it. I believe it. that's how yep. you say it. Right. So 
I mean, we've talked about before in several episodes about, Mm -hmm. you know, just the land itself. Right. And how different things are connected to the land. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that to me just kind of set things off. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's anything with that. perhaps that could be contributing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some part. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I definitely believe that. It was interesting to learn more about the actually the actual mysteries of the house right like what is going on exactly because that was really what what i mean honestly my first question was Mm -hmm. okay why who right who is this like Mm -hmm. what's going on what happened here Mm -hmm. that they're still here yeah or is it kind of like how we've talked about a couple of different other locations where it's just the land right and so I was like, oh, okay, I wonder if we can figure that out and right. see what it actually is. Because it leaves you, at, you know, wanting more, wanting to find out. And just like we've always talked about, like, you know, figuring out the history part of it is half the fun part, honestly, because then you start to putting the pieces together. So it's like one big jigsaw puzzle. So I think that's like the fun part of it. I agree. And actually, the Boyd House is located in Boyd, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and it's actually at 217 Scandinavia Avenue, and it's two and a half hours west of Minneapolis. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. definitely seems like in the middle of nowhere. Right. So that's that's true. It seems like. Uh, And. What is it? The house was built in 1901, I believe. Yes, it was built in 1901. And the house deed actually goes back to 1884 when the land was owned by, they were called the Hastings and Dakota Railway Mm -hmm. Company. And they actually officially entrusted it to a man named Charles F. Hatch. So that's actually like the beginnings of it. And it says the town began with the arrival of the St. Louis and Minneapolis Railroad. So the house actually is right near the railroad tracks. And they actually believe that the flourishing of the house, uh, the railroad, the railway system is what contributed to the fact that the house was able to flourish so much. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. So one thing that stood out to me charles f hatch Mm -hmm. he committed suicide on the land yes he shot himself in 1889 so there's that yeah there's that flag right there i know i was like could he be one of the spirits that are still there and that's what i was wondering too but what was it the the most significant uh owners Mm -hmm. of the home yeah were the Eckharts. Right. Fred, Fred and Minnie. And Minnie yep. Eckhart. Exactly. And they're the most significant just because that's who some people believe are actually still lingering in the house. Probably because they had such a big connection to it. They did so much mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. house, and we'll get into it in a bit, but yeah. probably because they did have so much going on there. Like, they they were, like, the most, mm-hmm. you know, later owners. Right. That did a lot there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they probably had connections to it and it probably stayed with them. Right. You know, which was really interesting. And I mean, you're right. Like they did a lot in the house. They did a lot to the house. Mm-hmm. They had a lot going on in the house, but they also did a lot just with regards to being involved in the community right. itself. Right. So Fred Eckhart Jr. was born in Ontario, New York 
and married Minnie Fenske, a German immigrant. They moved to Boyd in 1906 with their four children, Selma, Alfred, Oscar, and Elsa, and purchased the Boyd house in 1912. Fred opened a general merchandise store with his brother-in-law and soon became a well-respected contributor to the community. It was said that Fred was an avid gardener, with some people claiming that they've seen his ghost tending to the garden. So that was that was crazy. Yeah. That's a little so creepy. then it's like, okay, so it seems like there may be two spirits that have been possibly identified. I mean, Hatch, who committed mm-hmm. suicide there. Mm-hmm. I mean Right. I mean, I feel like to some extent he he has to be on the ground somewhere. Oh, totally. And then now with some people saying that they've seen Fred mm-hmm. in the garden. And I wouldn't be surprised if Minnie was lingering around yeah, there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, with, with Fred, too, I mean, like I said, he was, he ended up becoming a really valued member of the community itself. Right. right. Became the local justice of the peace, a member of the school board, mm-hmm. a city councilman, and a volunteer firefighter. Yep. He and his father built the Lutheran Church, which still stands in Boyd today. Right. And kind of like to to your point where you were talking about with with the railroad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the proximity to the railroad with that actually being there, being possible. So close. Yeah. Yeah. Fred was able to keep his store always stopped right always was able to supply everything to the people of the town Mm -hmm. which helped him survive a flood yeah the depression and even a few robberies i saw that it mentioned you know with all those things happening all those activities the depression the flood like you said Mm -hmm. and the robberies yeah there's just so much going on you know so much connection Mm -hmm. so much happening you know emotions flying all over definitely So there has to be something with that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, you, I mean, that just leaves like a lot just kind of uh, with in terms of the I don't want to say it's like negative energy, no, but it's right. It's almost kind of like tragic yeah, type of, right. you know, depressive type exactly. of energy. Yeah. Like, Especially with the Great Depression. Yeah. I mean, you just said <laughs> yes, it right there. Yes. I mean. Of course, there was so much mm-hmm. that happened. A lot of hardships. Right. During that time mm-hmm. period. And then the fact that he did have his general store. Mm-hmm. So then people coming in and out, you know, right. like who knows, yes. you know, what kind of baggage those people had as well. Agreed. And did you see that he actually had his own like coins printed for I his store? I did see that. That's kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, um, and I want to say they actually that. found those. Didn't they find those like little artifacts? I think I thought I saw yeah. a picture of one. I think I think uh, that's kind of cool. I saw that one of his descendants had given mm-hmm. some to the now owner, Joe right. Shelley. So yeah. I think they might have them in the house. I bet they have a lot of cool artifacts. Though. I'm sure they do. You know, yeah. it's like, wow. I mean, I'm sure she has a stash of really oh, cool I be- stuff. I believe you know? it. I believe it. I really want to know what stuff she found. And if, you know, you know, like just how we talked about our haunted mm-hmm. objects. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious about that. I agree because I mean, while they might not be mm-hmm. haunted right. objects necessarily, I feel like they could be trigger objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. 
totally. Especially with the kids, though. Mm-hmm. Two of their children passed away in the oh, home. Oh, yes. That's yes. another thing. It was, was I, I think it was like four, wasn't it? Four in total? Was it four? I Okay, so let me see. Two to four, perhaps? Yeah, I think it was like two. Uh, okay, so two of the children died mm-hmm. when they were infants. And right. then two more died while the family lived in the Boyd house. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so that's what so it was. So must have been the two yes. there, though. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, just on the subject of just deaths in the house. Right, in general, yeah. I mean, Fred and Minnie died in the house as well mm-hmm. just a few years yeah, apart that's pretty wild yes i mean it's sad because you know you just kind of wonder is, i mean sad. they had i'm sure they had that connection i'm sure definitely it's like you always hear about couples that right. you know sometimes they do pass away pretty exactly. pretty close to one another right. and so having that kind of connection i'm sure has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. uh so this was no different. You know, mm-hmm. Minnie died of a stroke, I believe I saw yep. in 1955. Yeah. And according to a copy of her funeral program is buried close by at the Zion Lutheran Cemetery. Oh, mm-hmm. Fred died in 1958 at the age of 76. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So the fact that she's buried nearby, <laughs> that says something, something too. Yeah. The house was later owned by Anna Maria Reichiser. According to records, she was born May 24th, 1887, and died October 16th, 1977, also inside the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have, what, two, three, four, five, six, six people in the house Mm -hmm. that died. That's a lot. A lot of energy there. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, with kind of what we were just talking about, you know, is it possible then that Fred and Minnie's strong ties to the community mm-hmm. have kind of just left that lingering? Yeah. Like, and the fact that I'm sure they had a huge connection to the area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you said, strong ties. Mm-hmm. So they probably just want to hang around. Right. They don't want to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would make total sense. Mm-hmm. And it seems that, you know, they and maybe even some of their children, based on the evidence that some of these paranormal teams have been gathering, have been unable to leave their mm-hmm. beautiful home behind, right. honestly. and Or if they even wanted to, you know. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? So, I mean, they could all still be lingering here. Mm-hmm. In the afterlife. And I did see that the current owner, apparently she was given a book about Boyd's history and it had some strange and she had some strange experiences during the fact that she was opening the book up Mm -hmm. because she actually started using it to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So almost like a trigger object Mm -hmm. itself. Mm hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So I did see that. I found that out. It was a, a memories book, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. With uh, different pictures right. of the. Like the history of the, the town. past. Yeah. You know, the goings on. And I believe there was actually a few pictures of the Eckhart family in that. Uh, I, guess, I believe book. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like from the 18, 1800s mm-hmm. to like late 19, 1980s, I believe. And. Just full of photographs mm-hmm. and just information about the sto- uh, about the the town itself, mm-hmm. and then 
Jill was going through it. Right. Just talking and asking the spirits about the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you said activity kind of just started happening as she was going through that. So that I think was was super interesting Mm -hmm. because then it does beg the question. I mean, obviously the spirits there know know this book have a connection to this book so have a connection to the Mm -hmm. history of Mm -hmm. the town Mm -hmm. and so it makes you kind of wonder okay maybe it is the eckhart's and is it possible then that they the spirits then sort of became emotional or were motivated to kind of show themselves show their presence when you know being essentially reunited with the past through these photographs and probably seeing those photographs it just became familiar to them mm-hmm. you know something mm-hmm. that they remember or they know of right and that made them more inclined to show themselves or to share whatever it was mm-hmm. that they shared with jill right so over the last few years there have been dozens of visitors mm-hmm. who have had their own experiences right with the ghosts here with the spirits here right and as we heard in the opening clip, mm-hmm. you know, there's said to be children. Right. Also, you know, you can sometimes hear uh, them kind of just playing around, giggling, laughing mm-hmm. on recordings. They've been caught. Isn't that wild? Yes. Wow. And I believe if I remember correctly in the documentary. Yeah. One of the paranormal teams had a ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ball kept moving like up and down the mm-hmm. stairs. Gosh, that would be so cool to see. Honestly, can't believe it. Like, I mean, we I can. Would, well, but, yeah, but we would be like, whoa, right? That that's just it, right yes. there. I mean, we would love to see that. And so, I mean, that just goes back to like what I was saying earlier mm-hmm. about how I didn't start hearing about the house until not too long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess it kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. Jill. Bought the house, I want to say, in about 2019. She hasn't had it that long. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I wonder now if with her having it and kind of remodeling it and bringing Mm -hmm. it back to its kind of original period. Right. And opening it up to the different teams to come investigate. Mm -hmm. I think think that, that kind of makes sense. Now it's starting to become that really great location to go investigate yeah it's like that that hidden secret here in the midwest exactly because actually i never have heard of it until you started telling Mm -hmm. me about it Mm -hmm. and you know doing within the research you know i started to get to learn about the house more and it's a really cool place it is this is is honestly the place you want you would want to go to if you were wanting to investigate i agree i agree and you know so it's interesting, you know, on the topic of just paranormal investigations, just in general, many investigators to the house describe the vibe mm-hmm. as almost kind of like a, a calm, a calmness mm-hmm. yeah. in the house. And to me, it made sense when when I saw that. I'm like, OK, right. yeah, you know, really there there shouldn't be there there doesn't seem to be any reason why it would be otherwise right. you know nothing really like threatening or anything right. nothing yep. really horrible seems to have happened mm-hmm. in this location mm-hmm. uh so we think so you know we think I mean? exactly because we don't know right based right. on what we've been able to find so mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. but i thought it was interesting i don't know if you saw this mm-hmm. that jill 
you know, obviously she and her team have investigated here quite a bit. And she captured a voice saying he stabbed her. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that that made me kind of stop and was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. where the heck did this come right. from? Right. Plot you know, twist. Yeah. So, you know, even, you know, Jill she was, you know, I saw when she was commenting mm-hmm. about this specific EVP. Right. You know, she was like, who who was stabbed? Uh, you know, trying to yeah. figure out if this was actually true. Right. Right. So she was assuming, because she mentioned, could it have been Minnie was stabbed? Mm -hmm. So she was just trying to pull names Mm -hmm. from what she knew. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think it was on another occasion, too, in a different part of the house. uh, I believe Jill asked, did you die here? And she described a recording of an EVP that she caught. And it said something to the effect of, search for the body i did not see that wow that's a little eerie yeah yikes so jill has kind of described feeling extremely uneasy Mm -hmm. at the threshold of the master bedroom Mm -hmm. closet so then you know the question is did something horrible Mm -hmm, happen mm -hmm. here and if so, what did it happen <laughs> while the Eckhart family was living here? Okay. Or, you know, are, you know, with there being spirits of children here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are they kind of just playing around with people, playing pranks on people? Right. I guess you don't really know. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. Right. So it's weird because you you get two different Two different, uh, I guess, sides, two different stories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you don't really know, you know, definitely what it is. And I think that's why I think this place, this house is mm-hmm. so interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you don't know and you really want to keep going, keep investigating and right. keep trying to dig and find out wanna what know it more. is. Yeah. Exactly. Gosh, mm-hmm. that's pretty wild. Yeah. That's interesting. And. If you are thinking about wanting to have a stay at this location, well, it is a house that is fully functioning. So things include heat, electricity, two bathrooms, a shower. Um, it does have an AC unit in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So they it sounds like they've really worked hard to yeah. try to like maintain it right. and keep it to where people can come mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and feel probably right at home right because there is a working refrigerator there is a microwave and a pizza maker if you feel so inclined (laughs) so while you're while you're investigating you know you can fuel up (laughs) um and it has a whole bunch of other stuff that you wouldn't even think Mm -hmm. like it it does say it has a coffee station um there is dvd blu-ray player um and there is wi-fi available I guess the Wi-Fi makes sense. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it would make sense. But you would, I mean, this is stuff you wouldn't think of right. when you're like, okay, I'm going to go ghost hunting right. and go investigate. By the way, right. is there Wi-Fi? You know, I don't know. By the way, is there the Blu-ray DVD player or the pizza maker? It's like, who watches Blu-rays and DVDs anymore? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, what if you want to <laughs> play back what you, I don't know. What if like, I want to watch Pretty in Pink <laughs> well, while I'm investigating. While I'm investigating. While I'm trying to find the spirits of children. <laughs> 
So, and the cost, I believe, for an overnight stay is $200. That's so affordable. Yeah. It really is. Because I think I saw it's for a max of eight people, I believe. So it's like if you divide that up among eight people, that's like nothing. Right. Plus the fact that it includes all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, if you go do an investigation anywhere, you don't Mm -hmm. expect any of this. Right. So this is really cool. Well, and I think that's what makes this place different Mm -hmm. is that you're doing an investigation here, Mm -hmm. but you are essentially spending the night. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost Mm -hmm. like a bed and breakfast with ghosts. Yeah. Which is super cool. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm game. It's a cool one. I know it. So if you feel so inclined as to want to have a vacation spot here, a birthday spot, Mm -hmm. or just plain old We'll go for your birthday. We should. (laughs) We should have like honestly just planned better. (laughs) We will have to do that next time. Or if you want to go on your own investigation, you can go to the boydhouse217.com and you can check it out for yourself. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of a a two-parter story episode type deal because we wanted to go over just briefly the backstory of the Boyd House. We are actually going to be talking to Jill Shelley, Mm -hmm. paranormal investigator and owner of the Boyd House. This will be exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to her Mm -hmm. and honestly learn more about the house definitely and any experiences that honestly jill has had right just personally yeah anything that you know her or her team have experienced personally because it was great watching it on Mm -hmm. the documentary because Mm -hmm. jill was also on in that documentary yeah but it's a completely different experience actually getting a chance to talk to her and actually completely just seeing for yourself exactly what it was what happened it's gonna be exciting Mm -hmm. when we come back we'll talk more about the haunted boyd house we'll be right back greetings friends do you have a taste for the unknown are your days plagued with thoughts of the strange and morbid? Has your thirst to know about the world's most sadistic killers ever been quenched? If not, then I'm here to help. Join me on the Nightcap Nebula podcast, where I, your humble storyteller, take you on a glorious ride into the mysterious universal abyss. Learn why your neighbor might be harboring a really horrible secret, or if that conspiracy theory you thought was false turned out to be real. Whatever your dark desire, you'll find it here. Follow me on Instagram at the Nightcap Nebula Pod for updates to the show and listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Until then, be safe and stay curious. Now, back to your program. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about the Boyd House. We're excited to have a guest with us who is extremely familiar with the house. We're joined by Jill Shelley, paranormal investigator and a member of the St. Croix Paranormal Team, who have had the pleasure of being featured on Biography Channel's My Ghost Story. Jill is also the current owner of the Boyd House. 
Thank you so much for joining us today, Jill. Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this will be fun. So we're excited, honestly, to get a chance to talk to you today because the Boyd House is almost like one of those best kept locations here in the Midwest for those within the paranormal circle. And I think what really caught me about the home was that some call it the most haunted home in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure you've heard that before. So I do have to ask, what made you buy the house? And did you know the history of the house before you bought it? No, I didn't know anything about the house before I bought it, actually. Just, you know, as my paranormal team has traveled around different parts of the U.S., it kind of got me the idea of thinking of having my own place. Right. Um, so that that's kind of where that idea came into play. So just um, kind of did my own research, you know, looking on the, you know, just the regular MLS listings, you know, for my criteria, kind of just getting a feel for them. And I looked at a couple different other locations and things like that. And my realtor knew it was specifically for a haunting. So actually I would just go kind of go and do many investigations. But when I came across the Boyd house, it was kind of like that, uh, you know, this is the one feeling like you just kind of knew that this was the one. So yeah, that, that kind of fell in love with it at that point, kind of almost, almost like obsessively really <laughs> looking at the pictures <laughs> until, until we actually got to go look at it. Um, and then the realtor was running kind of late and it was actually me and Donna, my other teammate that went to go look at the house and just sitting outside waiting. And I just, whenever we get a feel for something, we always kind of wait and see if anybody else picks up anything. She wasn't saying anything. And I says, Hey, so kind of feel like something's looking at you. And she's like, yeah, kind of through that attic window. And I'm like, I know it's crazy. Right. So we go, and then we get to go in the house. And you kind of felt like something was there, but it was really kind of standoffish, almost like you could feel like they were looking afar, like, you know, I, who are you people? Which actually we ended up getting a uh, response on the spirit box of a woman that said, who are you? So she, you know, oh, wow. because nobody's really tried to communicate with these spirits before and, you know, house had been vacant for a while. So there's, you know, here's somebody in here trying to, you know, doing something completely different. We had actually put a REM pod up too, and that went off in about 10 minutes or so up in a room that we've now turned into the library. Um, so we just had to just a couple things, but I was like, mm, I don't know, is that enough to buy, you know, should, should we do this? So I reached actually out to a psychic medium that I really enjoy um, talking to, and I trust her very, very much her opinion. And she's like, oh gosh, there's six spirits there. She's like, there's a man, there's women, there's children. Um, she just started telling me all this stuff about the house, which at the time didn't make sense because she was like telling me things about when I own it and when I stay there, which I hadn't even made an offer yet. And um, so a lot of the stuff she told me came true, which was crazy. Uh, you know, that we, you know, as we developed and, and started doing some research on the house, a lot of that was like, oh, she was right. So then the last thing I was like, well, you know, the other people live there 30 years. They must have a part. They must have had something. So we thought we'd reach out to them and uh, they're real hesitant to talk about it. They're, um, I wouldn't say elderly couple, but older generation where that, you know, they don't like to talk a lot about that type of thing. And um, the one lady says, oh, gosh, it's always something funny about that house, she said. <laughs> and she said that she would hear old time music playing. So she then she reached out to her children who some of them still live in town. 
and they came forward and told us the experience. But yeah, they had seen figures before, they'd been touched. So it's kind of been a long time history of, of things that have gone in under the house. First of all, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. I wanted to ask, so do you actually live in the house or is it just like an additional property? No, I don't. You know, as much as I love investigating and spending time with the paranormal, I don't want to live there um, every day. <laughs> I don't want to experience it every day. So, yeah, no, I do not live there, uh, but I do allow other teams to come in and investigate and and, the, and that kind of thing and then do their research. I do my research when I go down there, although usually when I'm down there, I'm too busy cleaning. And I don't have time to do stuff with them either. But <laughs> So that's a good point. Uh, I saw that after you purchased the home. You did take on some renovations, bringing kind of the home back to its original style. Do you think that coming in and doing those renovations, bringing in, uh, from what I've seen, a couple of period pieces, that it did anything for the spirits? Do you think that they enjoy that? Oh, I know they did. Yeah, we've had a lot of communications and, and asking of, you know, do you like these things? Like, you know, putting REM pods out and such. Um, we we have filled it up with a lot of antiques and things. So there could be some energy brought in from those things. But yeah, we did bring the house back to the 1900s. It originally was built in 1901. Um, so we tried to put up those Victorian wallpaper and, and just kind of the style. Um, the family that lived there that we is most predominant in that house is the Fred and Minnie Eckhart family. So we actually had found out some information because their grandson still lives in town. So he told us like, oh, they used to have a smoking stand here and he liked Life magazines. And so we were getting wow. all stuff, you know, those kind of things and those kind of gifts for the spirit. So I think we kind of got really, we got a good rapport going. <laughs> <laughs> That's really yeah, that good. Is very good. Have you always believed in the paranormal prior to coming to the house? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've Ever since I was little, I was always kind of into weird spooky stuff anyway. Um, you know, we'd always tell ghost stories, my cousins and I and. <laughs> I was just always really fascinated by ghosts and um, had a couple, you know, small experiences when I was younger that kind of led me to believe, you know, oh my gosh, there is, there's something, which I think just fueled my passion more to oh, wow. want to know more. But yeah. And then with the advent of the television shows and, and things coming out, I didn't know that was a, such a thing, you know, and then that kind of just kind of started you know, just bought one camcorder and a voice recorder that's now expanded to tons of equipment and thousands of equipment, <laughs> um, you know, and traveling all over the U.S. just to to search for answers and just just get amazing experience. It's just been uh, incredible. So I think it's interesting because I first started hearing about the house a couple of years ago. I think it was when a different a few different paranormal groups that I actually follow on social media started talking about it, started showing different pieces of evidence from their investigations here at the house. So with all the different investigations that have happened here at the Boyd house, how do you think that's affected the activity there? And does the activity seem to ramp up with the more people that are here in the house? I think I think the activity is kind of based on the energy of the spirits that day. If they feel a connection, if they want to talk um, with those people, I would say a majority of people who do come to the house do get interaction. Just I feel like the spirits at our house um, really do want to interact and they do intelligently interact. I've had many different instances with 
the EVPs and direct correlations, what I'm saying or what I'm doing. Um, same with the spirit box. Um, just a lot of just a lot of stuff that shows that they are actually intelligently interacting with you. But I think, you know, when we first started, this was all new to them. So if you think about it, when you go to places a uh, hundred times or, you know, like the Boyd House, it's the same thing over and over, you know, maybe not the same questions, but you got the same equipment. Yes. Um, you know, it's very similar. Um, when I first started, they didn't know what anything was like. I wasn't getting hits on anything. And I'm like, well, did I make a mistake here? You know, I don't I don't know. Um, and um, I ended up just sitting in the kids room and I had like a little rem teddy bear. Uh, and I just kind of explained what he did and, and kind of like, oh, people are going to come. They're going to want to come see you. They're going to bring you gifts. I'm going to bring you gifts. It's going to be great. But we just got to know you're here. And then that bear went off for like an hour and a half on and off that particular night. And he had never gone off before because it took us a, probably a good maybe three months to get the house prepared for people to come in and start investigating. So we also wanted to collect evidence so that we could show people like, hey, this is kind of the things you're going to get when you come here. Right. Um, right. And so we just kind of almost had to teach them <laughs> what the things were. And now they they set off everything. They set off music boxes, REM pods, <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. And I swear, if you got something new they haven't seen before, they probably will touch it just because it's something different. So <laughs> that's incredible because I did actually wonder that as well, if it was residual activity or if it was, in fact, intelligent. Yeah, right. And, you know, as far as intelligence, too, you know, and I got this because one team did this and I was like, oh, this is a really good idea. So we do know that the the family, uh, especially Minnie Eckhart, love to play cards. Um, so we oh, kind of oh. have like a little card station placed down in the uh, basement. And I had seen a team that they were playing the game of 21 using a K2 meter, like, you know, use the K2 to hit it if you want to, or don't hit it if you want to stay. And they were doing it, you know, spot on. And I thought, oh, God, I'm going to try that. So we did do that. And they are, I tell you, they are spot on with their hits and their whatnot. And then I thought, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to put the spirit box on. So I did the spirit box and I said, you know, they had to hit. And then I was like, well, do you want to hit? Do you want to stay? Do you want to split? Right. What do you want to do? And the spirit box plain as day said, we'll stay. So, it was, you know, it's just crazy that they they do that. And I'd also set up um, one particular night a REM pot on that table. And it was going crazy on and off all night. But I had was going down and just, you know, I had like gold coins that I was using as prizes, um, that kind of thing, just pretending to play poker with them. Mm -hmm. And I had one card that I just put to the edge of the table. It was never hanging over. It was just on the edge, separate from all the other cards. And I told them, hey, if you really enjoyed tonight's game, throw this card off the table. That'll let me know that, you know, you had a good time tonight. And then um, I went to bed just about midnight, told them the same thing, you know, you know, great. We've had fun. Uh, about 15 minutes later, that card flew off that table and we caught that on film. So I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, That's pretty cool. I mean, just talking with regards to different types of evidence. I stumbled across, I guess, this interview that that you had done before. And was it was talking about uh two specific evps that you had caught in the house uh one was the only one that i remember right off the top of my head was it said something about um 
where or look for the body look for where the body is buried or something to that effect do you remember do you remember that evp yeah that was actually uh for after the um on the spirit box because i was saying did anybody die here yes something like that and it said yeah or find the body or so yeah i do remember it was something with the body yes look for the body i think that's what it was that's what it was yes so when i saw that I was like, I was blown away just because, I mean, part of like what Vanessa and I like to do is, yeah, definitely uh, experience these different haunted locations, but also kind of look more for the history and what happened at these specific places. So the thing with the Boyd House is our whole question was, why, you know, why, why are these spirits still here? And then when I stumbled across that, you know, naturally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if something actually happened here that maybe people haven't been able to really kind of piece together yet. Do you think that could be a possibility? There, you know, there's so much um, unknown history to that area. Mm-hmm. So for us, we know as far as my D goes back, it was to 1889 when it was owned by the St. Louis Minneapolis Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows what happened on that land prior to that? The town itself is butted up against the Sioux Dakota Reservation line. So back in the day, I'm sure there was sort of some conflict between the Native Americans and the townspeople that had moved in. We have pictures of the town back in the day um, from the 1900s, and it looks just like the Wild West towns. You know, there's the wagons, the horses. You can see, you know, people dressed in the, you know, the cowboy outfits and and they had so many different businesses in that particular town. And our ta- our house actually used to be across the street from the livery stable. And we're just literally the first house on the edge of town. So I'm sure there's been a lot of stuff seen in that particular area as well. So there's just so many things that we don't know about. We do know in our house that there were four confirmed deaths in the house and they other than you know i believe they were all just like strokes heart attack from the from mm-hmm. older people but we did have a little boy who was about five years old who did choke to death um so we do have that and i did had a couple psychics tell me that a couple of people died in the house from tuberculosis but they said you won't find that on the records but you know even just finding records back from the 1800s is is hard enough so. right right <laughs> so earlier when you were talking about that the house you almost kind of became a little a little obsessive about wanting to buy the house. <laughs> Do you feel like then there was something that kind of like was like, Jill, come come by this house. We know you're going to do something great with it. Like, do you did you feel some kind of a connection to it? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, for me, uh, I wouldn't say I'm psychic or anything like that, but I always kind of feel like even when we're investigating, I kind of just know when something's around like I can't communicate with them, you know, telepathically. I don't see them, um, but I just kind of know when something's there. So I kind of just get that I know for sure feeling, and I, I can't explain it. It's just just a feel that I get. <laughs> right, right. I mean, in terms of I guess activity as well. Uh, I know we touched on little bits here and there, but when people come to visit the house, you know, even even during the day. What kind of activity do they encounter most often? I would say most often you hear um, footsteps or noises in other rooms. A lot of times is what you're the most common thing that you're going to get. Um, when I'm there, I usually don't have anything on just because I want to hear if anything's going on. 
So I think that would be it. But, you know, when you're doing other investigations, I know people have heard doors slamming, seen doors shut. People have seen shadow figures. My husband actually has seen a, a woman standing on the stairwell. So he got to see an, a full-blown apparition, which I was jealous of because I've never got to see one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, he saw that. And we've had other people see shadow figures. Um, one of my teammates saw a shadow figure um, peeking out, or real commonly, we get a lot of activity around the stairwell. So REM pods will go up. People see things on the stairwell. See People see things peeking off the stairwell. Um, just a lot of energy that happens on that. It's, it's one of those split stairwells too mm -hmm. so one side you can go up from the kitchen and the other side you can come up through the living room so i don't know if the house was split at some point you can actually see where the hinges were for some doors so i'm guessing they had different entrances at, at some point that makes sense that makes sense mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what was do you remember what your first paranormal experience was in the house well i suppose the one that that kind of stands out for me is is was the very first night um, so going back to what the psychic said, she said the first night that you stay there, which again, I hadn't purchased yet. She goes, you're going to experience the man coming in from the backyard into the house. He likes to garden. And later we found out that Fred Eckert was a big gardener, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm like kind of waiting all night. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, you know, nothing, no, nothing. I just happened to walk by the basement door and all of a sudden as loud as it was like, bam, bam, bam. And the whole like three heavy, heavy knocks and the door you like shook back and forth that much. You know, they're old wooden doors. Of course, I jumped like 10 feet. Wasn't, ex you know, expecting that, you know, just you're just totally about, oh, that's my God. Right. So, you know, get my heart settled <laughs> down, you know start to investigate i'm like what is that you know is it a wind you know what could have cut there was nothing that i personally not scientifically could prove that caused this other than somebody had to be as loud as it was pounding on that other side of the door and that door there's like three steps and then it goes out to the back door so even even though there's another door there there's no wind flow it's a pretty well sealed door that's down below um, so there was no way that that caused that. So that was kind of weird and um, interesting. Somebody in the neighborhood, one of their children could see, they said they see a man that gardens in the yard and comes, just disappears and walks to the, in through the walls. So it's just wow. like, so to find all that out and then to have the psychic tell me that same thing before any of this even happened was just amazing. That's incredible. I, I probably would have passed out with like the banging <laughs> sounds. Yep. That's yeah. that's intense. And if it was that loud, oh, oh I yeah. think it I would have been out like, of there. Yeah, it was it was like the loudest I've ever heard, you know, because like it, it would literally like almost like when you see in the movie when they're like, let me in. Yeah. Kind of, it was yes. that type of pounding. Jeez. So yeah, it was oh it gosh. was pretty intense, but it was cool though. I was like, oh, I guess that was my sign. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that makes me want to ask. Then, has there ever been a time when somebody investigating has been like, nope, I've I've had enough. I I got to get out of here. This is too much. Um, we did actually <laughs> when we first opened, we had um, two gals. I'm not sure their age, but you know they were probably in their 20s. Mm -hmm. They had gone to spend the night. They didn't make it. She, they left me a a message saying they couldn't handle it. They said there was too many strange noises in the house. Um, wow. Like they felt like things were touching them. Um, so they didn't like that. So they kind of left in the middle of the night. Now she 
Yeah, give her kudos because she did come back with more girls. <laughs> and they all spent the night and they did make it through the whole night. But she said it was crazy that night, too. <laughs> wow. So a lot of touching happens as well. Right. right. Yeah. You'll feel like I felt uh, my shirt get tugged on. Recently, we had a, a teenage girl on there. She was just kind of going around. I gave her a K2 meter to play with. And she was just... uh you know, checking out while I'm talking with her mom and we're walking through the house and we go into one of the, in the boys room and she's standing in front of this closet that I don't like this closet. Cause I always just feel like something's going to, I don't know, maybe it's a horror movie, but like grab me, pull me in there. I just got to think about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so I don't like that one. But um, anyway, so as she's, we're just sitting there chit-chatting and all of a sudden I start getting the chills and I know something's milling around. I know something's in there, but I'm not saying a word to anybody because I just want to see what people's reaction are. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she jumps forward, and I'm like, what? And she's like, something just tapped me on the shoulder. Oh, and then I said, yeah, well, I was feeling something around, and I was getting the chills. She goes, well, I felt that, too, but I didn't know that that's what the and I was just, wow! Oh, yeah, something was, uh, and I don't know. I think it's because I was I was excited to go around with her because I feel like sometimes the kids or, or even adolescents they they draw some energy in. So it was kind of fun to take her around, and that she did get to have an experience while she was at the house. Jill, right now you touched on areas also that make you feel uncomfortable. So we know there's a closet that makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> But specifically hot spots, you know, are there any areas that either make you feel uncomfortable or are just very active? We know that there's some poker player friends that obviously want to play. But what are the areas that are, you know, just uneasy for you or just very active? I would say for the other one that was it's better now, but there is a room that down in the basement. It's kind of like the back rooms kind of go through hall. Um, and then you're just kind of tucked way back there. I uh, never really liked that. Always got an uneasy feeling in there, unwelcoming. A lot of people would get um, some very negative EVPs and swear words um, in that particular oh, wow. room. I never told my team about like, hey, I don't like this room. So when they actually came down with me one day, we were all in the room. And again, I never told them about the negativity and Teresa just kept pacing back and forth. And I'm like, hey, what's what's going on? What's and she's like, I can't get comfortable in here. There's just sound about this room. I can't get comfortable. Huh. Um, so they were kind of picking up on the negativity as well. So we had a lot of people with that. I think I've made my peace with them. So we found out his name was George. And um, he's very persuasive. <laughs> he's <laughs> very like grumpy man. Um, so we we've gifted him a lot of things that he asked for. He did want the room painted red, but I said I couldn't do it. So I sort of tried to compromise and I put up like brick wallpapering to make it look like an old brick, red brick basement. <laughs> and he wanted red chairs. And so I brought those down. And so like I did all this stuff and he still wasn't happy because he kept saying red room, red room. And um, oh, wow. so I kind of like I kind of got mad and I said, George, I said, I gave you everything here. <laughs> Can we wow. just compromise? And this was all oh, through the God. spirit box responses. And then. He goes, all right, fine. I like it. It's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so I, since, I guess. Yeah. So ever yeah. since then, yeah, it's it's had a whole different feel now. <laughs> he settled. He settled down then. He d- a couple he thumbs does. up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's still crabby at other people. I think me and him have just made peace. So for me, I don't get that uneasy feeling, but I still people mm-hmm. still do um kind of get that uh, uneasy feeling. But 
you know, it, it is uh, hot spots though, boy, it, it can be anywhere at any given time. You know, I guess I wouldn't, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh man, the living room was great last time. And then next time, nothing in the living room and the upstairs is crazy. So I think it just kind of depends on the the energy level and, and what they're willing to do and who wants to interact. And, you know, I, I kind of think too, it's not necessarily just the void spirits that are there. But I also feel that a lot of the, you know, again, we could have some attachments to some of the antiques we brought in, some of the dolls we have there supposedly haunted. But I also just think just the vibe and the energy that what we're doing at the house kind of creates, and I wouldn't say necessarily a portal, but a way to draw energy in for spirits to come. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the railroad tracks also run right behind the property as well. So that also kind of drags in and brings a little bit of energy too, so... Which is interesting because I was going to ask who this George was, but now kind of talking a little bit about, you know, there could be the possibility of some spirit filled haunted objects or whatever it is that you want to refer to them. I mean, that could be a possibility uh, that he could have just come along with some of these objects. Is that kind of what you think as well or... Oh, I think George was there first because you I always so? had, yeah, because I didn't start doing anything with the basement for a very long time because mm-hmm. um, that was like the last my priority as far as doing things. That was more like, you know, that's what I want to do with it. So, Have um, you gotten any kind of uh, background to George at all or is it no. some kind of work in progress? Yeah, no, nothing. I can't find anything. And I mean, I get a lot of the same names sometimes, but mm-hmm. I cannot find any information you know they don't tie to my deed there's no names on there um they don't necessarily tell me where they come from other teams have gotten some of the same names as well so i do know that is a spirit but how they are there why i don't really know we've had some maybe two or three people kind of telling um different stories about some sort of prostitution thing Uh or that there was a prostitute there and that, you know, I heard it from one person. I just thought, eh, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, that's just their take. But then I heard it from another person and then another person that should have not. And one person was actually was meeting with was a pretty well-known psychic. And um, they were just at a convention. I thought, I wonder if they give me a read about my house. And there's no way they would have known anything about the prostitution things because they didn't talk to anybody and nobody like had it out on the internet that there's a prostitute that died there. And he's the one who sat there and told me, goes, there's a prostitute in your house. And so I'm like, so we don't know. Now I've had three people tell me, now what's the history? I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, That's, and maybe, know. maybe it's a prostitute spirit that has now transplanted into the house and never actually died there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why you would never maybe find a story on it. Um, you know, so yeah, there's just some crazy stuff. You just never know what the paranormal what happens. <laughs> I know. I mean, no because I you did mention so the possibility of a portal. I stumbled across that as well as I was reading a little bit more about the Boyd House. Uh, can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about this whole how this thought of the portal even came up? You know, I'm not sure where that came from. We I've had a couple people say someone said it's in the bathroom. And then I think someone said it's like, oh, in the basement. Um, one said there was an, in the painting in the in the living room. So I don't know <laughs> where the portal thing came from. And I'm not saying that they are are, are not um, incorrect. But again, maybe that's the areas that the spirits are, that are just kind of coming and going and passing through. That may be where they're transporting in and out of. Because I have had, like when I've run a spirit box before, they, uh, they said a name. And I'm like, did you die here? And they're like, no, just passing through 
car accident. Oh. So, um, you know, it would have been interesting to, to get a little more detail, you mm-hmm. know, so we could verify that. But um, so, yeah, I do think we just have some that are just coming on through. <laughs> do you find yourself like constantly wanting to find out more about the house, like on a daily basis? Or is it just kind of something that eh, if I have time, I'll I'll see what I can find? Yeah, we do just right now, we just have, you know, really good history on the Eckhart family. So they mm-hmm. started in 1912 to 1958. So we kind of actually put together a little book. So we actually have photos of the family, pictures of back in the day, family tree, just uh, things that were handwritten by the family. So we kind of just have a little heirloom for that. But I really like to know stuff before that. And that's going to be really difficult to find based on um, the age and stuff of the property itself. Right. So we have been down to the historical society and just kind of looked up, you know, history on the the town of Boyd and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it would be interesting to find um, just any any little more more information and stuff. Mm-hmm. We do actually have the the town hall had a like bench that actually belonged to oh. one of the families back in the day. So we're not sure if it belonged to. The Eckhart family, or there was a family before that, that I apologize, but I'm drawing a blank on their name right now. They were unclear which one of those two it belonged to, but they do know they purchased it out of the home back when um, that person died and it was an auction. So they we sold it back to me. So it was kind of nice to bring an original piece mm-hmm. of furniture. And we put it right where um, they told us where they purchased it out of. And that it was kind of like a bench fixture that was in the hallway and it used to have a coat rack by it so it's just like a little two little piece bench looks like an old victorian bench and it came with a different just a single sitting chair so we got those two pieces back to the house so that was kind of cool to have those back yeah that is nice i'm sure that had to have brought in some some good energy back into the house oh yeah Mm -hmm. we put the red pot on it that night and i'm just like hey if you like if you like this do you remember this just turn this on you know so they say they uh, hit the REM pod that night. And I've I've even showed them pictures. Um, the town actually has a book of the entire history of the town of Boyd with a lot of pictures and, and stories. And um, when I brought that book and I was just kind of reading or, you know, looking through the pictures and there is actually a picture of the Eckhart family in there. And I had the K2 meter sitting on the book. I'm like, Fred, come over and look at this picture. Do you recognize this picture? And all of a sudden that K2 just started hitting like crazy because it was a picture of him standing in his grocery store that he owned in town. So, yeah. And so then we would start showing him pictures of the town. It was just, yeah. And we like to get pretty personal with them. Which is great, (laughs) though. Like, I'm sure I'm sure quite honestly, they appreciate it. I, I feel very strongly about being able to bring more attention to to spirits, you know, just because they're no longer in in the human form doesn't mean that you know they're still not there they still they still want to be heard if i'm somebody who has the opportunity to interact with these spirits i know vanessa you feel the same way it's like yeah we we have that ability for a reason you know i mean what is it that you want me to tell others about why you're here Mm -hmm. or even if it's just Mm -hmm. what do you what do you want to tell me you know it's it's all about just kind of that that interactive type of relationship that's right even as humans, we appreciate that. We appreciate any kind of mm-hmm. relationship that right. we can have with anybody. So why would that ever end? Right. Yeah. And I and I think, like you say, they do appreciate. I think that's why I get a lot more interaction with them as well. 
you know, you go to a, a haunted location that you're paying to go at, you only get like, you know, 10, 15 hours. So you ha- only have that to make that connection. And I, that's why I think with the Boyd House, it's a lot different for me because I've gotten to know them. I've gotten to know things that they like. And I just kind of do things that they like to do that I know that they enjoy. If I'm not sure, I'll ask and hopefully they'll tell me right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if they want something. So, yeah, I, I've done a lot of things that I, I just like, I don't know. Uh, just uh, the like say, I, oh, we did actually get real specific. We did have a little boy. He comes through a lot. and His name is Luke and he's eight years mm-hmm. old. Um, I don't, again, and no correlation as to um, why he's there, any name, anything like that. But he said that he wanted um, some blue shoes size eight or seven or whatever uh-huh. the size it was. And so I ended up buying some blue tennis shoes in that size and brought those out for them. Oh, wow. Well, it's just showing that respect piece. And I'm sure that's why they feel so comfortable with you, Jill. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I did actually, it's funny because a lot of people who stay there, they don't get a very restful night's sleep. They're usually being bothered. Noises, being touched, seeing things. I sleep like a baby there all the time. (laughs) And it was funny because I actually had a, a medium that I was um, talking to that they said, Minnie doesn't let them bother you because she appreciates all the work you do around the house. So she wants you to get your rest. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's that's, so sweet, actually. (laughs) But yeah, I, but I do know one kind of, a lot of times you will also hear audible voices in the house too. So I've actually heard um, a woman speak quite frequently in the home there because it's that old house you know you have those old metal floor grates so you really can hear what's going on really easy on the other floors and i remember one morning i woke up and it was just kind of peaceful just kind of laying there as the only one upstairs and the girls were all sleeping downstairs and i was like oh this is kind of peaceful i'm just gonna lay here just kind of wake up listen birds tweet you know enjoy the morning then I started hearing voices, women talking downstairs in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, girls are up. I'll, I'll just get up now. Mm-hmm. I go downstairs. Everybody's still sleeping. There is not one person awake. And it was clear as day of like two women talking in the kitchen. So I, I then I was like, okay, well, okay, I'll just go downstairs and start cleaning up in the basement, wait for everybody to get up. Well, then I started hearing walking in above in the kitchen above me, like real footsteps. I'm like, oh, well, they're up now. I woke them up being down here. Go upstairs everybody's still sleeping. It's like, you guys oh are so God. messy with me today. <laughs> so <it's> like- <laughs> wow. So Jill, now with all of these experiences, now that you're talking about this, how has that changed you as a person or your thinking as you deal with your own life? Well, I don't know, not so much, I guess. Um, originally, I kind of got into it too with the investigating because I didn't want death to be it. You know, a lot of people, you know, afraid to die, the right. typical, um, just wanted to prove another side. So I kind of feel like I spent a lot more time now that, um, you know, kind of make a rapport and, and we do it out on other investigations too. We try to find out obviously, and I'm sure other people do is like, what, what is going on over there? Like, what can you tell me about the other side? So one thing I, I did kind of pick up on is um, one time I was listening to a spirit box and I kind of heard them actually, it almost sounded like they were talking amongst each other rather than talking to us, like having conversations back and forth. And one said, um, my name is Drew. And the other person said, nice to meet you, which made me kind of think, okay, well, maybe do you meet new people on the other side? So I did ask at oh, a different wow. couple, several different locations, and I got the same answer of, yes, you do meet people on the other side. 
So that was kind of a, an hmm. interesting take on that because I guess I never really kind of thought of that. Um, so just different things that we, you know, the typical, um, you know, I've asked if there's pets in heaven and things like that. And they're like, yes, there's pets on the other side, you know, so it's just kind of for me, just kind of getting some information about what's going on so that when my time comes, it's not as scary. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's actually really good because I've actually never thought about meeting other people you know, and so that's actually a new one for me. Right, right. And also on that part, do you have any advice for others that may be interested in becoming a paranormal investigator? It was just a lot of respect for the spirits that you're dealing with. Like we had said earlier too, you know, they, they were once people and they still are. So they still can feel, they still can see, they still know what's going on. They just might not be able to physically interact with you. So just give them the same respect as if you were having a conversation with your friend and and i think then you're gonna you're gonna go a lot farther right our team we tend to focus more on the spirit's life than we do on their death so if you think about it when you go to places what's the number one question how did you die right we kind of feel like well let's not talk about that i don't want to talk about how i died let's talk about what was my favorite food that i used to eat so you know so we focus <laughs> on things like that um, you know, what was your fondest memory? You know, what, where would you want to go on vacation, but you never got to go, you know, things like that. So, you know, then you can make that connection. So like, say someone said, oh, Florida, then we might quick pull up a picture of like, here's a Florida beach, which is that where you would want to go, you know, so they're just kind of just show them and kind of make that connection. I think that's a really interesting take on it. Because you and I talk about that. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> We always talk about going into different locations and we've kind of stopped ourselves and been like, well, I'm sure they've heard this question a million times before. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I can it's like you can almost hear them being like, oh, this again. Like, right. here we go exactly. again. <laughs> and so it's like it's always it's always interesting and kind of fun to try to build that relationship and trying to make you and whoever it is that you're with kind of at that moment stand out and kind of draw more of these interactions with these people, which it sounds like that's what, something that you and your team value very, very much because it's it's kind of sad to say that that's actually kind of rare. <laughs> and so that kind of leads me to to another question. Have you ever had teams come in that weren't as respectful as you would have liked well you know since i'm not there i don't know how people do their investigations you know of course i ask for you know provoking and being respectful of the mm -hmm. spirits but again i'm not there to control people's behaviors right i can only hope that somebody um does do that you know i have had a few people say that they may have got a scratch um a few people that say they really kind of felt like they really weren't wanted in an area and again, I don't know, you know, what were you doing? What was the cause of that is, did I have something negative or did you cause the spirit to become negative at that point? So, yeah, it just uh, hopefully people are, I would say for the most part, they are because they really do take really good care of the place and they do seem respectful and because everybody seems to have a pretty good time at the house. So, right. One of the, the big things that I wondered, I know that you had purchased the house i think it was in 2019 is that 18, correct 2018. 2018 yeah so it really has only been a few short years like quite honestly and i love what you've been doing with the house you know up to this point what is your ultimate goal with the house 
I just want to have people still come there and, and have different experiences, kind of keep up on the renovations and just, you know, hopefully we can do some, you know, events and things out of the house mm-hmm. at some point too, um, for people who don't maybe want to spend the whole night. Um, so we have some ideas that we're kind of kicking around. I uh, got a couple of life changes going on right now with, mm-hmm. you know, some of the team members. So Broken 2024 is going to be a better year <laughs> for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just, just kind of keeping going as it is. Uh, you know, most of the money that we get is pretty much for renovations and the upkeep, the maintenance, taxes, insurance, and things like that on the house. So yeah, it it takes quite a bit and to to keep the house in the tip top shape, especially older homes. Right. You know, there's oh, always something breaking, breaking or not working at some point. And I mean, it seems like from what I've noticed is that you do have a full calendar. It seems like you always have people attending the investigations, reserving the house for however long it is. So I have no doubt, you know, especially after having this conversation with you, that the Boyd House has a lot of activity, essentially no shortage of activity. You are located in Boyd, which is a small town about, is it 145 miles southwest, I believe, of of the Twin Cities? Yeah, it's it's out in the middle of nowhere. There's like 175 people. You pretty much drive through cornfields and then poof, there's a town with like three things in it and that's it. So. <laughs> and then the Boyd House is right and smack then, there. <laughs> right, right on the edge of town. There we are. So. so for people who want to visit the home, Jill, what do they need to do? Um, You can just check out our website, which is the Boydhouse217.com. So it's got everything you need to know there, our calendar, how to make reservations. There's a little video on there, just a lot of information uh, pictures. So yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. Uh, we allow you to have the house from 3 p.m. till noon the next day. It's just $200 and that covers up to eight people. So yeah, we and you will have the house exclusively to yourself to, to do any equipment, uh, anything that you need to do. If there's people there that don't really have equipment, we do mm-hmm. have some available. Nothing super fancy or spectacular, but we do have some basic ghost hunting needs um, just to get you through the night so you're not sitting there twiddling your thumbs going okay we're waiting for something to happen (laughs) we're waiting for the pounding on the door that's right (laughs) that's that sounds awesome that sounds incredible deal it is is. it's a really great deal yeah i mean i just want to say thank you again jill for chatting with us and being here to tell us more about the Boyd House. I know we learned a lot. Yeah. Fun fact, we know you'll be here in our neck of the woods, actually, attending the Haunted YMCA Paracon in Rock Island, Illinois. (laughs) That's on October 7th. And we'll actually be attending that as well. So we'll be excited to see you again and meet you in person, actually. Oh, yeah, I would love to. And actually, we just investigated the the YMCA. It was a great night. Awesome. Yeah it's a great place yeah we did that as well and hearing (laughs) the possibility of there being a portal in the boyd house is what what really got me it it intrigued me to see what more there is in that house so i am very much hopefully wanting to get there one day i know vanessa you'd probably tag along with me as well if we ever got the chance to get up there it was my birthday this week so if we really would have planned well we could have like really done a little road trip over there for my birthday (laughs) (laughs) that would have been great but like i said thanks again jill for joining us and we will see you then in october to meet in person all right awesome thanks for having me on you guys it was great All right, we're going to leave you today with the perfect song for this episode. 
You heard a little bit of it earlier. It's a song by the Toilet Rats called Haunted House. For more on the band, check out their band camp, follow them on Instagram, or take a peek at our show notes for all the links to their pages. And with that, until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I'm Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and dream feature. See if you can guess what our next theme will be. Until next time, cheers! cheers.